بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the explanation of umdat al-ahkam and uh, we are on hadith number 5 an abi hurairah رضي الله عنه ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا يبولن أحدكم في الماء الدائم الذي لا يجري ثم يغتسل فيه ولمسلم لا يغتسل أحدكم في الماء الدائم وهو جنب Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in the hadith reported by Abi Huraira may Allah be pleased with him he said none of you should urinate in stagnant water that is not flowing None of you should urinate in stagnant water that is not flowing, then take bath in it. <coughs> and a virgin of Muslim, one should not take bath in it from sexual impurity. One should not take bath in it, in the stagnant water which does not flow, from sexual impurity. Now, as to the narrator, Abu Hurairah, may Allah be pleased with him, his biography was given earlier. As to the subject of the hadith, uh, this, the subject is to inform about the ruling of urinating in the stagnant water and taking bath in it from sexual defilement or sexual impurity. As to the water type, it is the stagnant water which does not flow from its place. Then he said, none of you should urinate, then take a bath in it. Then take a bath in it. Here it means he should not urinate knowing that ultimately he will take a bath in it. He should not urinate in it, knowing that ultimately he will take a bath in it. The overall explanation of the hadith. The Islamic Sharia is highly concerned regarding purification and keeping away from all sources and or means of harm. And in this hadith, Abu Hurairah, may Allah be pleased with him, informs us that the Prophet ﷺ forbade an asserted forbiddance not to urinate in the stagnant water which is not flowing, in the standing water which is not flowing, because this necessitates turning it into filthy water and also be a means for the occurrence of diseases <coughs> which the urine may inject into the water and thus it can cause harm 
to those who need to use the water not only that the same person who may urinate therein may ultimately end up making a ghusl in it taking a, a, a bath in it so how could he then resort to urinating in that which he wants in that water which he intends to use as for purification also in the other version in Sahih Muslim the Prophet forbade taking bath in such water from sexual impurity because this also will pollute the water with the filth of sexual impurity the benefits of the hadith the benefits of the hadith the forbiddance number one the forbiddance to urinate in the standing or stagnant water which does not flow and this forbiddance is haram if people use the water otherwise it is disliked and as to defecation it is like urination urinating but rather it is even more intense in terms of the ruling the second benefit is the permissibility to urinate in the flowing water because the urine will move with the water and will not settle however if downstream there will be people who use the water then people should not urinate in it because it will render the water polluted for them third benefit Forbiddance to take a bath in the standing or stagnant water take a bath from sexual defilement or sexual impurity and this is for tahreem if the bathing in such water will make this water unusable for people because of the impurities which may go in there and if it doesn't then it is disliked fourth benefit the permissibility to take a bath from sexual defilement in the flowing water the fifth benefit is the perfection of sharia because of its concern concern regarding methods of purification and to keep the people away from the means and or sources of harm another point of important relevance in this hadith the apparent meaning of the hadith 
may indicate that there is no difference between little water or plenty of water however the forbiddance regarding the little amount of water is more asserted because it can be rendered polluted quickly and it can change into filth quickly because the amount of water is little and as to the plenty of water like sea water where it may not be affected by the urine or by taking the bath therein then this is not included in the prohibition as to the standing water which stays for some time like the pools and the gardens and so forth if it gets affected by the urination or by taking the bath because if it is in small amounts or because the exchange rate of the water coming in and going out for renewal is slow then it falls under the prohibition otherwise it doesn't and Allah the Most High knows best the questions on the hadith number one when when is the urination considered forbidden considered haram urination in the stagnant water is considered haram and when is it considered makruh dislike second question why did the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam forbade urinating in the stagnant water third question what is the ruling what is the ruling regarding the taking of a bath in the stagnant water taking a bath from janaba from sexual impurity what is the ruling of taking a bath from sexual impurity in the stagnant water these are the questions and try to prepare them inshallah ta'ala for the next class inshallah we'll go over them and review them with you والحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه و...